Alright, so question 15 from last week. Uh, so Paul did this one last week. Who was here last week? Anybody here last week? Me? Yeah? This was the question you did. Since no one can keep the law, what is its purpose? Right? You guys are like, maybe? Oh, nursery? <laughs> like, uh... Um, since no one can keep the law, what is its purpose? And let's read it together. That we may know the holy nature and will of God and the sinful nature and disobedience of our hearts and thus our need of a Savior. The law also teaches and exhorts us to live a life worthy of our Savior. Hopefully that was the one you did last week, and uh, <laughs> we'll find out. Um, question number 16, the question is, what is sin? Um, and the answer that it gives is, sin is rejecting or ignoring God in the world he created, rebelling against him by living without reference to him, not being or doing what he requires in his law, resulting in our death and the disintegration of all creation. Okay, so there's two parts to this, I think. When I broke this down, it could be broken down a lot, right? You could really break down that first half, but all the way up to the word not. So sin is rejecting, so it kind of goes into what it is, right? And then afterwards it goes not being or doing what he requires in the law. Um, uh, I'm sorry. All the way up to the dash, the hyphen, I'm sorry, not to the not. All the way up to that hyphen is kind of what it is, and then after the hyphen is kind of what it does. Does that make sense? Um, and I do think that's a good way to break down when we think about what is sin. Does anybody know what the, the uh, Hebrew word for sin, what it literally means? Anybody know that? I thought somebody might know that because it's one of those things they bring up every once in a while. Remember, it, it literally just means to miss the mark. Like the, yeah. if you're, you're aiming for a bullseye, right? If you're aiming for a bullseye, the word sin literally just means to miss the bullseye, okay? And so the sin is to miss the mark. And so that's what the word itself means. But let's take a look at this first half. Sin is rejecting or ignoring God in the world he created, rebelling against him by living without reference to him, and not being or doing what he requires in his law. So if you were to break that down, just that first part, up to the hyphen, if you were breaking that down, what parts do you see there? What things do you see? Like just things that if you were like, if I were to break this down to little tidbits of knowledge. So for example, I'd say the first one is sin is rejecting God. Right? Another one in connection with that one would be sin is or ignoring God. Right? That's an interesting element of thinking about what sin is. Now, I'm not saying I agree with any of this. I'm just saying this is what the definition this is what this definition says, right? Rejecting or ignoring God in the world he created. Okay, so and then there's another rebelling against him, right? And there's another little part of it, rebelling against him. And then it gives like how would you rebel against him by living without reference to him? That's an interesting element, isn't it? Rebelling against him just by living without reference to him. That'd be an interesting thing. Is that really true? Can you is sinning just living? Right? Is rebelling against God just living without reference to God? Is that really? Okay, well, that would be a good question to ask. And then this last part, they're not being or doing what he requires in his law. Now, that, that one might have been an easier one for you to, to think. Some of you might have thought sin, not doing what God requires in his law, but they've added a lot more in there. So I want to take a look at some passages of Scripture. first one I have down there is Romans 1.18. Okay, and here's how I would like to do this. I would like to do this by just simply saying, okay, I'm going to read this passage. Actually, I'm going to read verses 18 to 25. Actually, I'm going to go just to verse 23 at first. Romans 1, 18 to 23. 
So if you have your Bibles, you can look it up. I did put these in here for you. Um, and so I'm going to have them up there so you can look at them up there. But if you want to look at your Bibles, that way you can kind of look back over those. Here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to read it. And I'd like you to try to think through, and I'm telling you the question in advance, so that you can think about it. And so here's my, my, my teacher skills coming into play. I'm just talking slower to help you understand what I'm saying. Because that's what teachers do. You can say the same thing really fast, say it really slow. People used to go, oh, okay. Um, so I'm going <coughs> to read through this, and here's what I'd like you to do, okay? I'd like you to ask this question yourself. Why, 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 why did Matt pick that passage as part of the answer to this question? Why, why would he pick this? Because this is where does it come from? Why, why is this the, again, but where does this come from? Why, why did Matt have picked that passage? How does that relate to parts of that definition? So I'm going to read it nice and slow for you, too. Okay? Because it is still early. All right. Romans 1, 18 to 23. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived. What's perceived mean? Clearly what? Understood. Known, seen, understood. Like you perceive something, you see it, right? His invisible attributes, that's the thing you can't see. Invisible attributes, God's, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly per perceived ever since the creation of the world, whereat in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they, gave, they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. So before, so hopefully you're thinking about the question. The question is, why did Matt pick this to help defend the answer given, right? Let me go back to the answer given. Sin is rejecting or ignoring God in the world he created, rebelling against him by living without reference to him, not being or doing what he requires in his law. Okay? Go back. Let's read this one. Sin is rejecting or ignoring God in the world he created, rebelling against him by living without reference to him. I'm going to stop right there. I'm trying to help you out. Okay? So, in this passage, why do you think, and this isn't one of those, I know I reference this all the time, this is not one of those, I have a specific answer in my head that I'm looking for, and you're trying to figure out what it is. Just your opinion. Why do you think I would have picked this passage? How does it relate? Yeah. Verse 21 kind of says the same thing. Hmm. Verse 21 kind of says, right? Because he's got these invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature. They, they're obvious in the created world, right? They're obvious. In the, how, how is that true, by the way? Like the regular. What, what about a, a butterfly? Have you ever looked at a butterfly and thought, 
there's got to be a God. Right? Makes sense to me. Uh, one of my favorite things that happened, uh, and this was a few years ago, Terry's not in here to, to tell us, it's something that she did. There was a science teacher at the high school, a uh, chemistry teacher. Charity was helping her with something. They were doing like a forensic something or other, like as a class project, and they wanted, they needed some assistance, and so she volunteered to come in and, and pretend to be like a, a lawyer or something like that. And so there's this whole like thing that they did with the kids, and then they were looking at this the forensic elements, and it was trying to teach kids something about the chemistry of different things. And then uh, so Charity's asking all these questions in the process, like what about this, what about this, and and so this science teacher was like describing. What would happen when you took this and you put this with this and then it did this and it showed that this was the case with that, like doing all these things that you kept saying. And so it this has to do this and it's like the structure of the whole thing. And Charity was like, that's amazing. Like when you start breaking how this all does it, these these chemicals work with this and this is how this happens and these ions and, and going in the electrons and this is how this works and this is how these bond with this so that this will happen and going in, and so she's like, with the science teacher, she's like, that, that's amazing. That, and then, of course, her, in that moment, that God designed. Because the teacher had literally said, like, probably six or seven times, these chemicals are designed to do this. And she kept using the word design, and Charity just, in not to try to prove a point, but was just like, it's amazing how God has designed all these things to work the way they do. And the teacher was like, God. <laughs> and she was like, well, he did just he kept saying designed. It, it kind of implies a designer. And you know, then she backpedaled real quick, you know, and you know where that goes after that point. But there's these things that you see in nature, you just go. And and the, what this verse is saying is that I don't I don't care who you are, everybody looks at nature and somewhere in there they go, God. No matter how much they fight against it. Um, has anybody ever read any books by an atheist trying to defend their atheist position? Anybody ever read that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, like audiobooks and stuff? It, I don't know about you, but I've always kind of interested in ones that I've read or I've listened to. Myself. Does that make sense? Okay. 
Any other things in there? Why else do you think? Let me, I'm getting ready to go on to another one. Anything else stick out in that passage that you're like, man, that's just such a, such a powerful passage. What, where would that passage be useful if you were talking to somebody? talking to somebody about salvation, right? How could this passage be useful talking to somebody about salvation? We're all sinners, and we all fit in there somewhere. Yeah, we're all sinners. Um, I'm not going to answer this question, but what does this mean about um, the American Indians before the gospel came over the seas? Specifically, right here, without excuse, they're not going to go to say, "Well, we didn't." You had this, right? Um, all right. The next passage I had, Romans three, uh, twenty-one through twenty-three. Um, I think this again helps us, especially that last verse. Who's heard that last verse quoted, Romans three twenty-three, multiple times in your life? Yeah. Um, for all have sinned and come short and fall short of the glory of God. So part of this have sinned and falling short of God's glory helps us understand what, what does this mean to be a sinner. Um, this next one here, 1 John 3, um, this verse 4, I have 4 through 10, they're all really good in there to look back on, but I think that especially that last phrase, this one's pretty obvious why I included this one. Sin is what? It says there at the end. It is, it is lawlessness, right? Sin is lawlessness. That's what sin is. Lawlessness. This kind of lays it out there. Um, another one that goes back to what we have by nature, Romans 2.14, um, says this, For when Gentiles do, who do not have the law, by nature, do what the law requires. They are a law to themselves. That's an interesting way to look at it, isn't it? Let's think, let's think through that one again. <clears throat> oh, not right one. For when Gentiles, right, people who, non-Jews, right, outside of God's people, this is right at that beginning when the gospel was making out that the word of God was making it out there, when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires. So what are some things that people do by nature what the law requires? What are some examples of that that people in general many times know this is wrong? Murder. Murder. That's a great one, isn't it? Is very, very few. What's that? No, did you have another one? Yeah, stealing. Stealing, yeah. But both of those, right? Great examples. Of, I mean, what, what culture... Does it in some way, shape, or form condemn that? Right? Maybe not to its fullness, but there's versions of that, like don't murder people and don't take your stuff. And those two things are just kind of written into us. So when they do by nature what the law requires, they are a law to themselves. Even though they do not have the law. Um, you guys ever watch that guy? Um, it's the way of the master. Yeah, 
you better watch him when he just goes on the street and talks to people. It, it's it's fun to watch him. It just, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with all of his methods. You know, some of the things he does, I'm like, I don't know if I would have done it that way. But it is interesting when he talks about these parts where he's he's like, you know, you think you're a good person? Have you heard him do this? What are some of the things he then asks them after that? Because what, what do a lot of people say? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever lied? Have you ever, have you ever taken anything that doesn't belong to you? A lot of people go, no. But then what does he do? He does something that Jesus does. He goes, well, have you ever, sometimes he'll talk about work. Have you ever been on been on the clock and not used all the time that you had and that's stealing from your boss or um, you've never been dishonest at all so, uh, I guess I have and, and uh, it brings up the lust one you know have you ever looked you know when Jesus says this you've committed adultery in your heart already I love it he goes, he goes so by your own admission you're a liar a thief and an adulterer <laughs> and uh, it, why is he doing that though this gets to the heart of this question why, why is he doing that why does that matter going through this today and I thought my, my original thought was thinking through like what is sin to help people understand what is sin so that they would know that they're a sinner but I, and I don't know about you so I'd love to hear what you guys think in my experience most people that I talk to I usually don't meet very many people that this is an issue that I have to try to explain to them would you agree with that disagree with that thoughts on that you know what I mean by that I mean I usually don't have to like if I, if I get a gospel opportunity, I'm usually not stuck on that point of trying to prove that they're a sinner. Most people I've met kind of know that already. Um, and so I, I think this is important, but at the same time, I, I haven't, just in my personal experience, I haven't had a lot of issues where I was trying to prove to somebody that they were a sinner. A lot of people, they're already on board with that. Um, what do you think the problem becomes, though? Connected with, like, if you're trying to lead somebody to Christ, What's the what what tends to be the problem right at that point? Like they're like fine admitting yeah I'm a sinner, but what what might be the issue where they still struggle thinking they need a savior? I just completely open ended question was not my notes. In your experience, I think some people have a hard time being a concept, like, or not, maybe not even the scales, but just, you know, the idea of the scale is just meaning, like, if they put all their good things and all their bad things are good, they probably still outweigh their bad, and they kind of, I still kind of lean, you know, mostly good, you know. Um, yeah? I think a lot of people don't want to repent. They don't want to change mm. what they're doing or acknowledge. Oh, that's, a, that's a good one. I hadn't thought about that one, but that's so true, because especially in the I started to say in our day today, but I, I think every culture has different things that they have excused to be okay that you have to deal with, and it's different things for different time periods that they go, yeah, this is we're not we're not having an issue with this, but we do have an issue with this, and there's it's weird like that. But um, 
I think especially those things before you throw those things there. That's I've always noticed that's that's where the hang up tends to be. Um, thinking they're still overall good, but even the bad things they do don't deserve hell. I mean that's now just yourselves. Do you guys ever think about that? Does it ever feel just be honest? Does that ever feel a little bit extreme? I mean, you guys are really super smart with the Bible. You go, no, of course not. But, I mean, like, I've never murdered anybody. And to think of spending, like, eternity in hell for the things that I've done. Does that ever feel to you to be, like, have you ever had a time where that felt extreme? No? <laughs> I, I, I feel like it's the opposite. <laughs> just amazed that God would save you. Yeah. But it is, but I mean, I understand what you're saying. Like, yeah. Punishment doesn't fit the crime type thought process. If I, you know, I didn't do all these things, why should I go there compared yeah. to people who have done all those things? Yeah. I understand what you're saying, but I always sit there and struggle with the idea that why? You yeah. know, I mean, it's definitely not my own merit, and that's a, it's a beautiful thing about it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where I understand what you're saying, but I struggle on the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Well, I. Okay, so I'll, I'll throw in an example, and I know a couple of you were starting to go like this, so I'll pause. Um, like, I think I'm with, with you in that, for myself, I'm like, I can't, but then I think about somebody like uh, Mother Teresa, right? And I go, okay, so if she was trusting in, well, what I know about the scriptures too, she was trusting in her own good deeds, to save her, not trusting in the... And I, I don't know for sure. I've never read any of her books. I don't know what she... I mean, there, there's a possibility. I don't know. So I don't want to get into a debate over uh, whether or not Mother Teresa was a Christian. <laughs> that's not my point. I'm just trying to... First example that popped in my head. Um, but... And there's other people that I've met that do really good things. I mean, they've been, for the most part of what I know of them, they've been wonderful, good, kind, loving things. And to think about them spending eternity in hell, not just like a hundred days in hell, not just, like when I just let myself think about that. Have you ever done that? Just try to think about hell? Like a thousand days in hell. A hundred years in hell burning. Where the worm does not die, as Jesus says. And the fire is not, there's no quenching of it. And you just let yourself try to imagine that. Does it, do you ever feel like that's extreme? Some of you are kind of done. I, I do, is why I'm asking. I mean, when I think about it, when I really try to imagine it, when I try to enter into my imagination what that would be like to have been in hell for a thousand years and know that it's not going to stop. You started to... Well, you know, we, we see that God is a loving God. And so if, if you know somebody who died without Christ mm-hmm. that you really love, like a family member, there's that part of me that thinks, I must love them more because I would have never oh, yeah. sent them to hell. You know, 
it's mm -hmm. like I struggled with um, Spike Down and but say they chose not to <coughs> go to heaven. Yeah. You know, he would send them to hell. Yeah. They said so I mean they chose not to go to heaven. Yeah. It's based on that. I mean it's not they chose not to know God. So I mean they he just was so it's not like he he didn't send Yeah, I mean, it's just that this, and that's why a lot of people think that yeah. if he's a loving God, there's no way he, he would do that. Happen, but. Yeah, it's, it's still just a, I mean, it's just one of those, it's just a hard truth. It's a really hard truth to, to, to wrestle with in your mind. That, because you're right, we think about God, we think about God in those terms, but this is the same God that does that, does that. And that's, it's just hard. That's all I'm saying. It's hard. But I think that that's one of the reasons why understanding this is important. What is sin? Um, I'll go back to um, the, If we go back to the, the question and the answer, I think all these elements are good to, to really grapple with. It helps us understand the consequence hell when you start to understand this I, I may have given this example before but um, <clears throat> one of the things that helped me and I, I think this came from C.S. Lewis I'm going to be honest with you I don't remember where I got it if I had a footnote for it I'd tell you what it was but I don't remember where I got it my mind is a jumble of things I've read over my life so um, <clears throat> C.S. Lewis I think was talking about this he, he, he talked about two things that impact how we even think about the consequence for a crime. So if I were to walk up to Dave and smack Dave in the head, I mean, some people might be like, does he deserve it? So, now, so I'm going to be honest, Dave, there's people over here going, yeah. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> um, it, yeah, but, but like the, the penalty for that, I mean, may not be that extensive like you might be like why did you do it or like like you know I, even like legally you know there could be some repercussions for that but okay but then let's say uh, let's go to another situation let's say I'm at school and I smack one of the kids one of the teenagers I've thought about it I'll admit it <laughs> I have never done that I've never smacked them um, you smack them all good Oh yeah, they're all. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things. Is uh, I teach people all the time. We'll be talking to a teacher, and they'll be like writing about their kids, and then they so often they'll end their conversation with like, "But they're good kids." <laughs> I'm like, you keep using that word. Um, uh, but if I did that, if I did that there, would you like just even internally, even just think about different kids? I mean, just look, let's look at the kids here. I mean, let's see here. Who do I want to? like, you know, can I, what, okay. Let's make it even more. Let's make it even more extreme. You walk up and say your wife was here with Keith. I just walked out of my. I mean, I can't, I can't even hardly act it out. I feel terribly acting it. You guys would be like this shock. You wouldn't get very far for 
No, I, I know. I mean, like, I'd be lunch at that point. You know, I'd be like, what? I, I know. Like, just even to say it as an example. But so, so one of the one of the reasons for that is the the innocence level of, in our minds of the the person that the crime is committed against makes the drasticness of the penalty even greater. God is, when it comes to innocence and purity, infinitely innocent, infinitely pure, infinitely holy, right? And so you think, wow. You start thinking about those terms. That, that, that helped me. Now, because think about the penalty, the, 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 the action didn't change with all the examples, right? But who it was committed against, as that changed, even how you felt about it, Increased exponentially, right? Okay. Think about this as well. Um, if I were to, let's start with David again, right? But let's say, let's say, let's let's change not not who the person is in their nature, but in their position. So let's say instead of him, let's say uh, I was at school and Officer Llewellyn was there, and I just went up and smacked her in the head, right? Then that would get because of that person's position and authority. Would it the potential consequence increase, right? Now, if you could imagine for a moment, we don't live in a society like this, but imagine if you go back to like um, medieval days where there's duchesses and dukes and ladies and lords and you have the kings and everything. I mean, if there, there's people you could pop, but I mean, if I was a pauper and I went up and popped the king or the queen, would the can you imagine the, the drasticness of the consequence would increase? You know, I pop my neighbor, nothing may happen, and some people may be like, well, you probably deserved it. But then you, you end up on that level of authority. Off with your head. <laughs> off with your head, yeah. I mean, right? Well, who is of utmost infinite authority? God himself. And so you just put, then you put those two things together. Infinitely pure and holy of infinite authority any crime against him would bear an, bear an infinite consequence. I don't know if that helps anybody, but that, that's helped me just think through that in my head. Um, I've used that with a couple people before thinking through, and I, that's, I, I found that's been helpful just thinking through. When you think about what is sin to, just, to choose to disregard him because of who he is, that increases the drasticness of that consequence and it starts to make sense but even in our own minds infinite things are unattainable like just when you think you've imagined something infinite you realize there's a whole I mean you're not even halfway there <laughs> right I mean because if it's infinite no matter how much you imagine you, you, you don't even have a percentage of it yet and you think if God is infinitely pure and holy and just right okay Sorry, that wasn't in my notes at all. Let me get real quick to, um, I just want to do the one here that I have, Romans um, 1. When we think about consequences, obviously we've been talking about hell, those, those consequences. But I think Romans 1, 24 through 32, actually gives us some other, I think, consequences. Would you agree with that? As every, just think through it. You see this is also not just the sin, but also... There's some consequential element in this because there's a therefore. So it went through all that stuff I read earlier about sin, 
God's wrath is being poured out against mankind for all the unrighteousness that went through all those things we just read. This is where it picks up. It says, therefore, God gave them up. So, therefore, because of this, this is one of the things God did. This part of God's wrath being poured out looks like this. Therefore, God gave them up, like handed them over, in the lust of their hearts, to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth of God, truth about God, for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Um, for this reason, God gave them up for dishonorable passion, for the women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature, and the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men, receiving in themselves a due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. And so I, if, you, if you feel that like part of and I think that there's some, some practical truth involved in that. When you see cultures that have steered away from God, you tend to see the culture more and more given over to these sorts of things. They were filled with all manner of righteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They were full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They're gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty. Boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents. <laughs> I love that one's in there with that big list. As a parent, I have to point that one out. Like, look at this. Murderers, disobedient to parents. Didn't think you were so bad, did you? Now look at that. Look, look what that. You're on that list. My dad tells you to do something, you don't do it. <sighs> Foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they knew God's righteous decree that those who practice those things deserve to die, they not only do them, they give approval to those who practice them. I'm running out of time. I hear voices in the back. So, <clears throat> I'm not just hearing those, right? Right. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, we don't hear anything. <laughs> I think some of that might be built into it. I think people know what they're actually doing wrong. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, I think maybe I mean, when they keep doing this, they, yeah. I think culturally, especially now, even more, there's an emphasis on trying to do wrong and being done under. Yeah. There's, there's no. It's not even like trying to hide it. It's just trying to. Think. Okay. Let's be. Let's be real clear. The pride flag. Pride in that. I mean, that, that's just a clear presentation. And we ought to look at it that way. I think we ought to look at those things that way. It's like, when we see that sort of stuff, you got to realize that some of the reason why this is happening is also part of God's judgment. Right? That's not funny. <laughs> um, I think as well, like, like you're talking about, even that, like, give approval to those who practice that, to give approval. Like, that's part of the whole thing. All right. Um, and obviously, I threw this one in there, the wages of sin and death. This is another one that we've heard a thousand times over. But then when you think about all the realities of that, the second half of that, but the free gift of God is eternal life. Oh, they're, they're, they're actually doing this now. All right, all right, fine. I'm going to pray. That went way faster than I anticipated. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for this day. I thank you for a chance to talk together this morning. Thank you for your word. I pray that you would help what read of this today to, to sink in 